Hello and welcome to Telecom's Takeaway. This is the next instalment of our new series of monthly Telecom's Takeaway podcasts, where we'll be taking a look at topical telecoms issues and insights. Uh, but firstly, some introductions. I'm Hannah Drew. I'm a legal director and co-head of our telecom subsector and also lead our telecoms regulation practice. Um, and I'm joined today by TK Spiff, who is an associate with a particular focus on technology, media and telecommunications. So thank you for joining me today, TK. So today we're going to be taking a closer look at what suppliers need to know about the Telecoms Security Act in the UK and its impact on the telecoms supply chain. Shall we start by setting the scene of what telecom security is all about and who it's going to affect? So the TSA uh, came into force in November 2021 and it introduces a stronger security framework for networks and service providers and tighter restrictions on the supplier services by high risk vendors. And it's going to directly affect providers of public electronic communications networks or services uh, and it's also likely to affect other providers in the supply chain indirectly through uh, contractual obligations that get imposed by these service or network providers. Uh, communication providers have to take appropriate and proportionate measures to prevent any adverse effects on the network service or uh, adverse effects arising out of uh, arising from any um, security compromise. Wow, that seems um, pretty broad. Is there any clarity on what appropriate and proportionate will mean in practice? Yeah, so alongside the headline Telecommunications Security Act, uh, there's a set of uh, regulations and a code of practice. And in the code of practice, it clarifies what these expectations actually are. And the code of practice takes into account the the differences in sizes uh, between the providers and how critical these services they provide are to the UK's network as a whole. And it does this by using a a three-tier system based on the provider's annual relevant turnover. So these are, uh, first of all, tier one. So these are the largest telecoms providers where uh, security compromise would be the most damaging and would have the largest impact on availability. And then you have tier two. So these are the kind of medium-sized companies where a security compromise would wouldn't be as damaging as in tier one, but it would have an impact on critical national infrastructure with a significant economic or social um, and security effect. And then you have tier three. So these are the smallest companies um, where their annual relevant turnover is below um, 50 million and a security compromise wouldn't significantly affect availability on a national or uh, regional level. Thanks, TK. So, I mean, it really does make sense that these new obligations are applying directly to the communications providers who are providing the actual networks and services. But as you mentioned before, part of these appropriate and proportionate measures will also impact the supply chain. Um, And although the suppliers themselves, as you said, will not directly be regulated under these new rules, will it still affect all suppliers to UK communications providers? So, for example, a supplier who is providing distributor services to ship hardware to the end users, would they be impacted? Or is it just those suppliers that are providing kind of security related services to communications providers? No, uh, it's not going to apply to every supplier. Um, and there are three kind of main areas of the supply chain that will be impacted. So these are 
providers of equipment, uh, providers of managed services in respect of uh, kind of core uh, network functions and providers of anything which is security related. But saying that we do recommend that any suppliers of equipment, services or softwares should really be assessing their their contracts uh, as they may be affected. That's a pretty broad remit still um, and I expect something which is going to take uh, quite a bit of time for the communications providers to actually review all of their supplier contracts. For those larger tier one providers the clock is is really ticking isn't it as the compliance deadline is the end of March next year so 2024 uh, for new renewed or amended contracts. Exactly exactly um, tier two communications providers do have a little longer, so they have an extra year, but all contracts will need to meet the new rules by, by 2027. So does this mean that communications providers are going to need to review every single one of the contracts they have with their suppliers? So the short answer is yes, um, they will, as they'll need to review all of their contracts with suppliers as they will have the primary responsibility under, under the legislation. So it sounds a little bit like the GDPR readiness in one sense, um, and that certainly crept up on a lot of companies. Uh, the phrased approach to the rules only applying to the largest communications providers first does definitely make sense. Um, and the code of practice has a section which applies to only new renewing and upgrading contracts for those first implement implementation dates. Um, but in reality, the scope is much broader. Uh, the code of practice is primarily setting out um, a lot of technical requirements on the communications providers and although these are not expressly stated as being needed to flow down to their suppliers it's clear that if a supplier is involved in providing any aspects of or related to those technical requirements that those supply contracts are also going to need to be reviewed and consider whether any changes are necessary. Exactly, that's that's absolutely right. Um, there are express measures in the code of practice which will need to be included in the contracts with suppliers, and there are over 70 of them, um, and they include issues such as uh, notification obligations to notify a communications provider within 48 hours of becoming aware of any security incident that may have caused or contributed to the occurrence of a security compromise or have identified an increased risk of security compromise occurring. Um, there's also an obligation to uh, support security audits, assessments and testing uh, and sharing a security declaration on how the supplier produces secure equipment and ensure that they maintain that um, equipment um, that equipment security throughout its its lifeline and then it's signed off at, at an appropriate governance level. But it's also the flowing down of other technical measures uh, such as uh, a requirement to ensure that the communications provider can operate the network without reliance on any people, equipment or data located out of the UK. And this is not necessarily going to come cheap to um, suppliers to comply with. And anecdotally, we've heard that it could have an impact on supplier costs of up to 300% of the original contract. Wow, that will really have a material impact on suppliers. Um, and some of those areas will be covered in, in most supply agreements already. For example, the notification obligations around security incidents have existed before the TSA. Um, but the supply chain doesn't stop at kind of the direct supplier either, does it? You may need to be considering the same for 
your downstream supply chain um, and implementing the same changes in those contracts. I think when it comes to looking at existing supply contracts, it's going to be quite important to consider what provisions um, are needed to address the changes that are going to be needed as well. So we often see a change in law clause, which requires the supplier to make any changes necessary to comply with applicable law, or at least a change process to manage those types of changes. Um, but the big question is who bears the cost for implementing the change for existing contracts? Um, and this isn't always considered. Um, and although this, this is a regulatory change for the whole communications industry, yeah, it's the compliance isn't going to be a one size fits all approach for all communications providers. So as a supplier, uh, if you are supplying services um, which are similar to a number of different communications providers, they may still all have different requirements and they consider appropriate and proportionate for their own network. Um, so I think there is definitely going to be some merit as a supplier to therefore consider what solutions you're able to offer to communications providers and to almost try and take a bit of a front foot in offering solutions rather than being reactive to each customer communications providers requests. So TK, I think that's about all the time we have for today, but um, what are your kind of key takeaways for suppliers in the telecom sector? So I think there are three key takeaways for suppliers to think about. Uh, firstly, act now. Um, this is a significant task to review all contracts and assess how the telecom security regime will apply to you as a supplier to uh, communications providers. And once the review is complete, negotiating amendments to each contract will also take significant resource. Secondly, uh, suppliers who take get ahead of their customers uh, and develop their own views as to how the telecom security regime indirectly uh, impacts their products and services may be an, at an advantage when um, their customers might look to dictate requirements to them. I'd also say begin conversations and gain an understanding of, of uh, their expectations and plan um, make plans in relation to uh, compliance with the law. Once a customer approach has been set out, you'll be in a better position to conduct an impact analysis, uh, including um, the finances involved in, in, in compliance. And then finally, as an internal point, you should be, really be providing support for your managers, whether that's providing support to account managers on how they have the right conversations with customers or uh, providing further information and training on some of the operational measures that they'll have to put in place. Oh, that's great. Thank you, TK. Um, and thank you for joining us today. And please do get in touch with us if you have any questions about the Telecom Security Act and how it might impact your business.